Today, we're going to be talking about the upcoming launch of Super Mario RPG Remake and taking a look and thinking about what this can mean for the future of Mario role-playing games. I think we're at an interesting turning point for Mario role-playing games. Not just Mario RPG, because we have that remake coming out, mm -hmm. but Nintendo's also got Paper, Paper Mario, Mario, yes. Mario and Luigi, and I'm just wondering, like, do they need to take a minute to kind of think through, the, do we need all of these franchises yeah. in the future? Should one kind of take over and be the Mario role-playing series? Right. So we're gonna get into that. Yeah. Um, as always, everything that we do on this channel is made possible by our beautiful, wonderful Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for all of your support. If you'd like to join us, we're at patreon.com slash Kit and Krista. We have a wonderful new exclusive video for oh, our yeah. Patreon subscribers that is currently up. So we put out, uh, not too long ago, your vlog of going through China and Hong Kong, mm -hmm. checking out the gaming scene there. You had one more stop on your trip. I did. That you went to after um, those places, which is Singapore. So you did a special addendum video, yes. gaming in Singapore, that is now available as an exclusive uh, to our patrons. You can also get it as a one-off on our Patreon shop, but mm -hmm. we love giving exclusives to our Patreon subscribers. Yeah, we give them special stuff all the time. That was a really fun video to do because, yeah, the gaming scene in Singapore is very different than what I discovered in China and Hong Kong, so I was very happy to make that video for our wonderful Patreon subscribers. And there's tons of other benefits, too. You get early access to this podcast. Uh, you get weekly bonus Q&As. You get a, behind um, the scenes. Behind the scenes, you get access to our exclusive Discord server, which is just a barrel of monkeys every so day. So much. So much yes. stuff. So join us, join us, won't you? It's great. But of course, the big news is you're back. Welcome back. back. I'm here in the flesh. We showed up um, outside, At and the same uh, time. I was I was ready to give you a big greeting. You said, "Let's go podcast." I that's what uh, I, I was like. Back you just, to you, just, business. you just walked right by me. I, Pow! That's what I said when we were going to come back. Pow! Stop back it. to business. <laughs> Stop funny. It is funny. It's very serious. It's very professional. Uh, yes. <laughs> but I'm very happy that you're back. People were wondering. Um, Thank I you. did all right for the first half, but I got a little stir crazy for the second half. Because again, we are a two-person organization. Yeah. Yeah. As they oh, say, as they say in hockey, organization. Oh, the organization. <laughs> yes. Org needs to be so, no, for the first, the first week or so, it's like, oh, this is different. You know, I'm, yeah. uh, I got a, a bit more free time to dig in some stuff. Yeah. And then the second half, I'm like, please go back. <laughs> I felt the same way when you were gone for yeah. three weeks earlier in the summer. Um, we pretty much had like the same kind of like almost the same schedule because you were in Taiwan, yeah. so we were like basically like doing time that zones. again. Yeah, the time zone. Again, that there's compared. one time zone for all of China. Apparently, we all <laughs> Still we can't all it. we all learned this <laughs> this time around. We're like, oh, what? Um, but I felt the exact same way where it's like it was okay for the first like part of it, but then once you get into like that like almost to the you know back half of that second week, you're like, ugh. I have no one to talk to. This sucks. Yeah. So yes, I'm glad to be back. It seems like you obviously you kept everything going wonderfully, and we were able to do a lot of the stuff, you know, remotely. But it's not the same. It's, it's not, not the same right. to be un un unless we're like together in the studio and and doing stuff. And we have a ton of stuff upcoming that we're super we excited about. So I'm excited to just get back and like get back into what we both love to do, what I love to do, so. I'm very heartened by the fact that um, before we started this, you used to get extremely down when your vacations 
were ending. Oh yeah, I would cry. Like yes. <laughs> You've seen me cry. I know. I would legit cry. <laughs> On the last day of my vacations, because I didn't want to leave and I didn't want to go back to work, and I would just like my, I would like just be so depressed. And that re-entry from vacation back to work was literally like that was really hard. It was really hard yeah. for me. I, it was hard for you because you had like five thousand emails waiting for you, and everybody just expected that you were just completely up to speed, like nine a.m. Monday morning. All right, what are the updates, going? Krista? What yeah. are the updates? And then the other thing was is that like some people on our team were notorious for like working through their vacations, right? And I refuse. Out of principle, I refuse to do that because I was just not. It's not a good habit to get into, and you should really be taking. Time you just off. recorded multiple podcasts. So I mean, I recorded multiple podcasts. So I shouldn't talk. Do about as I thing. say, not no. as I do. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's different now because this is my own. This is our own business, yes. so now I like care a lot. But like, if you're working for the man, people don't don't work for the man on your vacation. Okay, um, you shouldn't do it. Um, so yeah, and then like of course the the expectation was for you to be like totally back. So I don't have the vacation return scaries anymore, like at all. Like when I was coming back from vacation, I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to come back. Good. Like I feel like I had a great time on my vacation, but I was like super excited to come back and like get back into it because yeah. we have so much cool stuff coming up, and obviously you know it's our thing, so I care. A lot. <laughs> so it's different now. But it's good. I think it's good. This is why you like, you know, go work for yourself. Totally. <laughs> you care about it. Speaking of Singapore, you got some stuff I with did. you here. Do a little show and tell. What's this? I bought you a little present. Oh, you got I, me Pokemon Snap. Thank no, you. I didn't oh. get you Pokemon <laughs> I got you this cute sticker set. Wow. I for my for my next birthday party. For your next birthday party. Up. Or for I was thinking like if even if you ever got a suitcase you could put it on your like oh, a hard so suitcase. So if I already have this on my laptop yeah. I could put a big there's fat a Mario whole, on there's there. a whole Is there a Lucky too? Is there a Lucky too? Oh my god. Yes, I think so. No. No, no. Uh, there's four sheets. There's of one stickers. of him sitting on a spiny on his little butt. I like Ow. this one, the Yoshi. Well, one. you would, yes. Well, so thank cute. you. That's wonderful. Um yeah, there was like a fair amount of cool merch. That I think yeah. is from like Japan, and it's right. a little bit easier to import that into yeah. in Asia, right. obviously. Right. The other the thing, the gray market, as they call it, oh, the grayest, <laughs> so gray. Um, the other thing I got, Singapore. I will give you guys a little tease if you haven't uh, joined our Patreon watch video. and watched this video yet. But in in the if you watch the China uh, gaming in China and in, in Hong Kong video, you'll note that I saw very little retro games mm -hmm. in China and Hong Kong, but. Actually, saw a lot more retro games in Singapore, and I found this one shop that is that was just incredible. Like they, this person had the most amazing collection yeah. of everything under the sun, and you'll get to see some of the coolest stuff in that video. So check that out. But one thing that I did pick up for myself is this Japanese version of Pokemon Snap. Pocket Monster Snap because I do have the Pikachu. You just put that right in there. Leave in it there. 64, yeah. and I wanted something to put into the little slot, and I thought this was perfect. How for much it. was this? This was only twenty Singaporean dollars, which so is like eight. Seven, oh, that's a bargain! Wow, bargain. That's great. Yeah, um, and this person that owns the store, his name is Phil. He was so nice and just like super knowledgeable. What's the name of the store? If we want to plug it, Retro Nuts. Shout out to the, Phil and Retro Nuts. Retro Nuts with a Z. In Singapore. With a Z. <laughs> of course. They're on Instagram, so give them a follow because I think that he's amazing and he was like soldering away while I was oh like gosh. chatting him up. Wow. 
And um, he was just like the nicest person. He's super knowledgeable. His collection was incredible. He ships internationally. So if you want something and you- Oh, they do shipping? Yeah. Really? Yes. Okay. So if you're like looking for something, I think he can track it down for you is my, my Jeez. point. Um, anyways, watch the video. I'm very excited about my Pocket Monsters Snap, Japanese version. Nice. So yeah, that is what I picked up, um, picked up there, but yeah, cool. it was really fun. I had a good time checking out the gaming scene. It's always fun checking out the gaming scene. It's very wobbly. Okay. <laughs> <And laughs> that down. In other countries, because yeah. it's just, you know, outside of, you know, Japan, you and I talk about this a lot. Like, what is it like in other parts of Asia? It, it is a little foggy, so. Well, now we've covered between all of our videos, I think everywhere but Korea, we have covered. Yeah, we need to do like Thailand, Vietnam. Right. I'm thinking about going to Vietnam next year, so I'll maybe right. cover that then. There we go. Um, but yeah, we we, we're doing a, a great service of, <laughs> of covering games in Asia. Um, but it's really great. It's it's awesome to see that gaming is like super vibrant, mm -hmm. you know, almost everywhere. Nintendo is super vibrant everywhere. Yeah, so yeah of course. I'm, I'm so happy to see that. Yeah. While you were gone, I valiantly resumed our Mario RPG stream. Speaking of, speaking of Mario RPG. Wow. So we, we had big plans to stream the entire game from beginning to end. Yeah before the remake came out, we encountered some unfortunate technical issues after our first episode had to, yeah. had to put it on the back burner. Right. Well, we got it fixed. It's fixed. It's fixed. I did a whole episode by myself. Yay! Looking great, so we are gonna resume those. Yes. Um, you can look, check our socials for all of the schedules on that, but we're back. I'm we're so, so back. excited yes. about that, because we were both a little nervous about like whether or not this new setup was gonna work. Right. There was like a lot of troubleshooting that happened in the weeks leading up to getting it fixed. Um, I'm feeling very confident in this. Now we're very confident, we're back. We still have time to finish the game. I'm like Macaulay Culkin, I'm not afraid anymore. <laughs> you hear me? I'm not afraid. And then you put like It's a, almost time to start watching it, by You the way. put like a, like a shadow puppet in the, in the shower. Then, then an old man whacks me with a <laughs> shovel. <laughs> awesome, so yes. excited about that. And yeah, I think we still have time to like beat the game before. I think we can still do it. I think yes, we can this still game do is it. not that long. We have one of our Patreon subscribers, Super Pistachio, is like a walking game facts. Oh my God, Super Pistachio For, is amazing. I need, I need him in every single one of these streams, yes, by the you way. Are, you're not allowed you're to the, skip you're one the, of these. You're, you're gonna take my place. He's like, he's like turn right. Other right, no, other pipe. Take the other pipe. I'm like, yes. You are, you are so much more helpful. No offense than you are. I'm not helpful. I never <laughs> played so this game. So much more helpful. Remember how I never played incredible. this game? It's yeah, incredible. We need him. Super we possession. Him. We love you. We uh, speaking of more Mario stuff. Mario Week is upon us. Yay! Next week. So excited about. Is this. it really next week? Oh my it's gosh, it is. Literally next week. Which wow, means Mario we Wonder is out next week. Mario Wonder's out next week. Oh we have gosh. to actually film all of Mario Week stuff this We're a little week. behind because we're you just got behind. here, but yeah. we're, it's fine. Um, we're going to have a video every day, yes. a new Mario-themed video every single day. Uh, what is the schedule? We'll tell you later. We're still working that out. Yes. We got, we have but a lot it's going to be good. I have a lot of ideas. And it's so going to culminate in something on that Friday with Mario Wonder. Right. So something to look forward to. We've done Sonic Zelda Week. week. Zelda week? Yeah. Now Mario, Mario week. week. Can't believe the first one was Sonic Week. Just, Sonic Week was disgusting. great. It was fun. We learned so much. And we learned about Sonic kissing a real life woman. We learned about the great music yeah. in, <laughs> of yeah. Sonic. That was great. Um, Zelda Week was also super, super fun. I know that we were already thinking about Mario Week when we wrapped up Zelda Week. Mm -hmm. We were like, we have to do Mario Week. So now that we have uh, Wonder coming out soon, this is going to be so much fun. I'm so excited. That's about right. It. Finally. Oh boy. This weekend, 
We are heading north to Portland yes. for the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, where we are giving a talk this Saturday mm -hmm. afternoon. If you are going to the show, we would love to see you there. Love to say hi. Please do. Yeah. And we're going to be recording that, and we're going to be including that as part of next week's podcast, podcast yes. as well for the folks who can't make it. Yeah, this is the first time for both of us going to Portland Retro Game Expo, yes. so we're both really, really excited. We have some wonderful friends that are attending as well, mm -hmm. so we're looking forward to seeing them. Yes. Um, I don't really know what to expect, but I'm really excited, and I can't wait to just like poke around and, and look for stuff. And there's that blockbuster thing. Really there's that. To to. Um, somebody <laughs> in the Mario stream said that there's also like a classic Tetris competition oh. that's happening as part of that. That's great. That's so cool. Most importantly, we are getting our mischief makers. I tried to get mischief makers in this. Singapore. I asked Phil. Phil didn't have it. Well. Never mind the time you went to Los Angeles and literally, and it, was right it was literally in the video. We're like, I was looking so hard for Mischief Makers and it was, you're panning over all these games like, it's right there. Dang it. Oh my God. It was I'm right in front of your sorry. eyes. We're getting it, Ty. We're getting it. I don't care how much it costs, we're buying it. You're buying it for me. Okay. <laughs> you can do that. With the company funds. It doesn't matter either oh, the way. Company funds. They can be a, oh, you, wow. a gift you give to me with company like funds. Like company embezzlement of mischief makers. <laughs> no, we need it. We need company. Oh my gosh. Yes, we're going to get it. So that's going to be wonderful. So many things ahead, so many things happening. Yes. What a great time uh, to, to be, be alive. To be us and for you to all be enjoying all this wonderful content that we have. What a great time to be alive. It's people. wonderful. It's wonderful. Uh, we are just about to get into this big conversation about Mario role-playing games. But first, got to shout out our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. Yay! Thank you, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Saved, again. You were. By HelloFresh. Because right. I came home to a completely empty refrigerator because I'd cleaned out my fridge before a three-week vacation. And my HelloFresh was delivered yesterday. So I was so excited to have things to eat. Um, it's awesome that everything is like pre-portioned. It's like super easy to put together. I'm into my fall cozy cooking right now. Perfect. So I got all my fall recipes, but I'm, have, I literally am saved this week because of HelloFresh. It's awesome. If you're looking for a little bit extra beyond just the, the meals that you are making, they do have some really great add-ons that are also fall themed. So you can get an apple cider cake with caramel sauce. Mm. Maybe you're doing a little football party and get barbecue pulled pork nachos. Wow. Or a mini pumpkin cheesecake. Wow. Add that, that onto good. your order. That sounds so good. That's great. And there are so many meals available every week. You never get stuck in a rut, never get stuck eating the same thing over and over. Mm -hmm. And that is wonderful. Yes. So you can go to HelloFresh.com slash 50KitKrista and use code 50KitKrista for 50% off plus free shipping. I repeat, go to HelloFresh.com slash 50KitKrista and use code 50KitKrista for 50% off plus free shipping. We'll put the code here and also in the description below. That's right. All right. All right, let's get into this conversation here about Mario role-playing games. And you know, I just want to start by saying the remake of the Mario uh, RPG is looking great. 
Yes. I'm very excited for this. Um, obviously, we're playing the original mm -hmm. now, and you know, it'd been like decades since I had played that game, so yeah. it's been really wonderful to get back into the details of that. And I'm very excited for a lot of people to frankly experience this game Me. for the first time. Me. Right, because if you, you know, this game has been kind of very spottily available. Um, exactly. I'm playing it on the Super NES Mini. It was on Wii U Virtual Console. It was on some Virtual Console. But it is hard, it's hard, hard, yeah. hard to get it. It's not on NSO, obviously. It's right. not, you know, somewhere where on a modern platform where it's easy for you to right, get. Right, right. Um, but it's looking great. Um, I think, you know, visually it looks great. They've, they've been talking about how they have all these options to get the, the new music or the I original that. music. That's so nice. So it's definitely more than just like a quick, you know, port job. And it's in a very like strategically important time of year for Nintendo where it's right before um, the Black Friday period mm -hmm. and it's kind of like the last big game they yeah, have of the like year. So it's, it's going to do well. big Mario push and it's great that they have Wonder right before that as a new, you know, brand new Mario game. But yeah. this is a good sort of like coupling to that right. for sure. But now that they have that and then they've announced the uh, Thousand Year Door mm -hmm. Paper Mario yeah. remake for next year, you know, we just felt like a good time to take inventory of all of the role-playing games and just sort of talk about like where each of them are. Right. And again, what Nintendo should be thinking about all of those in the future. So let's just start with Mario RPG. So the game originally came out in 1996 on the Super Nintendo, developed in partnership with Square Enix. Yeah, um, obviously RP RPG experts. Right, right. And I think that may have played a role in why it's been so spottily yeah, available. Right. Um, obviously, Square Enix is very careful about um, re-releasing their games. They definitely understand the value of those and want to make the biggest impact mm -hmm. with those. Obviously, this is a Nintendo um, property, but I think that you know that has some sway over what they are doing with it. And this is, you know, a, a, Different from the other games that we're talking about here, this is just a standalone entry. This is yeah. not a series. There's no Super Mario RPG 2, 3, 4. I would love for that to happen. Yeah. Um, but I've, I'm i sort of not optimistic that we, even after this remake, I'm not sure that that's what's going to happen. But we've got the remake coming in November. Right. Um, one thing that I do wonder about for the people who are experiencing this for the first time is a little bit shorter than maybe mm -hmm. what the expectation is today. Of an RPG. Of a big console yeah. role-playing game. Yeah. Because you can definitely get through it in under 20 hours. So that's yeah. something I'm curious, like in the reviews, like is it gonna get dinged for being, you a know. A little bit more of a compact Not, not this life-consuming 100-hour <laughs> Uh, open yeah, world experience. Yeah. It's it's it's. Let's it, hope not, because that's not the the stick that we should measure these things by. It should be the experience, but yeah. So I don't know. Um, yeah, but I think the 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 really unique thing about this is that because it's not part of a series, because it was so kind of spottily available throughout, you know, after its original launch in '96, like a lot of people did miss this game, like myself yeah. included. And so when you do a remake for a game like this, it really is very valuable because I think you really are like getting a brand new audience, a brand new player base right, on board right. versus it being something that is like, you know, widely available or part of a, a long series. Um, so this is pretty strategic, um, what Nintendo is doing. But I agree with you. I think that this is probably the first and last that we'll see of Super Mario RPG. Yeah, and I, you know, we'll, we'll get into the reasons why a little bit more, but I do think that they chose to remake this now 
Because I do think Nintendo is doing what we're doing now and thinking about the future of all these role-playing games. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mario and Luigi we'll talk about has kind of an uncertain future. We've, we haven't seen one of those on the Switch. Yeah. I think it was like, well, we want to get out in our, a role-playing game, but what's it going to be? Like, oh, well, we could remake this and get some people exposed to this and we know it's high quality game you know people yeah. are going to enjoy it so that can that can fulfill that role and buy us a little bit of time while we really think about bigger picture what we want to do mm -hmm. yeah yeah totally all right on to paper mario which started in 2000 yep on the Nintendo 64. We've had a number of entries here. So we've had Paper Mario, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, Super Paper Mario on Wii, Sticker Star, our favorite on 3DS. Barf. Color Splash, Wii U, and Origami King, most recently on the Switch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very spotty. Uneven quality. Uneven quality. Like you could argue. I, I'm sure there are people who would argue there has not been a good one of these since Thousand Year Door. I would agree with that. And I think that this is one of those things where I don't know why, you know, Nintendo chose to focus on Paper Mario versus Mario RPG um, for that to fill that RPG, you know, shaped hole. Yeah. Um, but this, this game sort of got into this like weird cadence where there's almost like a weird internal expectation. Like we got to release another Paper Mario game for every you know, system for some reason, which is not really the case. Like you don't have to do that, but somehow that got to be, you know, the, the thought process. And, and I think it really created this very like uneven performance for these games. And, um, and yeah, instead of sort of giving time to, to breathe and really think through what that series is going to be and really develop what the series voice and, and tone and gameplay is going to be like like it just got kind of weird yeah some people did point out um you know paper mario kind of had a tagline of being <clears throat> mario rpg too so i think they did see that as the continuation of that yeah. obviously in a different style but you know you look at what what they started with super paper mario and and onward they did get a little bit stuck in the gimmick zone versus just let's make a great one of these games. They right. did seem to be very focused on like, what is the new hook Paper mechanic that is going to carry the game. And I think they just got a little too caught up in all of those. Mm -hmm. Super Paper, I, I actually really like Super Paper Mario. Um, that kind of going from mm. platforming in different perspectives. I like that one a lot. Okay. I know a lot of people don't though. I don't really like it. Sticker star, well-documented. Oh, my God. It's a shame because that, that seemed like one that could have had a better outcome than it did. It was actually okay until you got to that one level. And then you, it was... I was pretty hyped for this game before, like before it came out. And then yeah, I played it. And like, then it, uh. we got to that level and no one could get past it. Yeah. Nobody. How is that possible? It's a shame. I, against my better judgment, finished that game. And after that, I was like, never. I didn't finish it because I, I like rage it got, quit. It got very I hard. Rage quit. It out got of that really game. hard. Yeah. Color then, Splash and Origami King both suffer from definitely the gimmick zone, but also it was like boring. Mm. It just didn't. It lacked personality. I agree with you on Color Splash. I wanted to like Origami King a lot more, but the battle system for that one it was painful again it seemed really interesting and creative at the time with the rings right yeah but it just became a real a slog. slog it was a slog it was like i'm just fighting my umpteenth 
gang of Goombas. Yeah, and, and it's it's taking me this ring for it's like taking 30 me ten minutes, minutes to get. Yeah. Through, and when you in these games, when you get to a point where you're, I'm just avoiding combat. That's you've, not good. You've lost. You've lost. Like that's yeah. what happened to me with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet because everything was so slow paced. Yeah. I was just like, I can't, like I can't do this. And I ultimately, the both of these games, I, I ultimately dropped Stopped them playing. halfway. Yeah. But I thought beyond that, Origami King was pretty good. I actually did like some of the characters. The Babam in Origami King was like. Oh, people were really like. Hyped for that. Like also in pieces like, over that emotionally destroyed by that. I mean, it was twenty twenty. We were we were all we were emotionally. Little, we're fragile. On, we were on fragile. Edge, but um, yeah, but there were some like really good characters and really interesting storytelling. Right. Yeah. And I, th but, I mean, I think we should say for all of these series, like the writing is super super top notch. Yeah. Um, kind of the hallmark of the treehouse, like Nate Bildorf really like made his career out of this on some yeah. of these. Like yeah. we, we were recently talking to a friend who I guess came up when Nate was working on yeah, he the sat, original. He was sitting next to Nate when he was working on thousand year door, a thousand year door, which was by far the best writing like ever. I've never laughed so hard playing a Mario game. And it's because Nate is a genius when it comes to this writing, you know? Um, and it, it's clearly like, a labor of love, and you can see that through through these games, which right. I think it has has you know really sustained it. I, I want to go back to that thing you were saying about the the gimmicks. I think in this case, like because Nintendo was like so focused on like the paper aspect of it, it became like detrimental. I think to yeah, like actually just simplifying it and thinking about like what's fun, what's a fun thing for players to do what's a fun you know what's what's a fun game mechanic um and it just became too much about like what can we do with paper well i think they maybe felt compelled to do that because you also had mario and luigi which was right. more of a straightforward RPG. interpretation yeah. of these characters mm -hmm. so i think they were really trying to walk this line of these series are actually pretty similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, like what we is need, the differentiating we factor? We need to go out of our way to make one feel more different and true to this like paper aesthetic that we've yeah. created. Yeah, and that's why I think we're it's good that we're having this discussion about like what does the future mean? Like, do you really need to focus on like all three of these? Or do you just pick a lane and make that like your marquee RPG? Yeah you know, focus, and then you wouldn't have these issues of like trying to shoehorn yourself into a art style. Um, and, and because you're doing that, it's like detrimental to the gameplay, which makes it really like unplayable basically. Right. All of these games were developed by intelligent systems as well. Yeah. And I think you could say for, you know, some stretch of time, like that was the premier Intelligent Systems franchise. Yeah, and then Fire Emblem. Now we have Fire Emblem. <laughs> and they're, Fire Emblem. they're devoting a lot of time and energy to all the various iterations yeah. of Fire Emblem. Yeah, that's tough. That are out there. So again, I think that's another important consideration as we start to think about like the future is, is Intelligent Systems the right team to lead this? Do they have... The resources. The resources. You don't want to yeah. have another game freak situation like we talked about last week. Well, that's what I was thinking too. Like, why do we have to have these games in such close cadence yeah. to each other? Do they have the resources to, to sustain that kind of cadence? Clearly not, because some of these games really lack in that, like, quality. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And, and, yes, Intelligent Systems is very much, seems to be stretched uh, very thin with Fire Emblem, which is 
I'm sure a huge development undertaking. Those games look like they're very involved and difficult to make. And so, yeah, what, what do you do with that series and, and how do you move forward with it? And, you know, last thing I'll say is just even though there have been those missteps for like 20 years at this point, oh which God, is a long time, that, right? this is still, I think, viewed as a premier Darling. Nintendo yeah. franchise. Absolutely. Somehow it's not like, oh, Paper Mario fell off. Like, th there are definitely people who feel that way, but I think everybody still has a lot of affection for it. Absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm. Gonna be there for the next one. I hope that's where they get back in shape. Yeah. Obviously, the next one's a remake. It's hard to mess Thank that God. up of the game of, of the <laughs> game that everybody loves so much. Hard yeah. to mess that up. That's good. That's good. We need a reset. But I, I think you're totally right. Like everyone is rooting for this franchise to succeed. Yeah. And even though we've been burned a lot, like not a lot of you know games get chances like this. If you get burned by a game. One, two, three, four, four. <laughs> over 20 years. Four times over 20 years. Yeah. You might just be like, I'm done. You might, you really might be, yeah. I'm done. But even after Sticker Star, I still played Color Splash. Even after Color I Splash. I played all of these, yeah. I still played, or I right. beat Origami King. Um, I beat Color Splash, you know, grinded my way through it, even though there was a lot of frustration. But like, that's not true for a lot of game series like there's very few game series I think that people give this kind of like leeway towards so so yeah I, th I think I mean at some point the goodwill will run out <laughs> mm -hmm. good thing the next game coming is the remake of the best game um, in the series so far maybe this is a great way for them to reset and think about the future of the series as well the remake will give them time to do that um, but I think people have a lot of hope that this is going to be like a strong, a continue to be a strong, you know, darling um, series for Nintendo moving forward. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Finally, we have Mario and Luigi. I should say, some people were, you know, we asked, you know, our Patreon folks for their thoughts on this, and we'll get into some comments from them. Some people were surprised that we were not also including the Mario and Rabbids series in oh. this. I consider those to be a little bit different. Yeah. Obviously, also, those are like real-time strategy. Very heavily yeah. Ubisoft involvement, so I just see those yeah. as a little bit of a different thing. Okay. Mario and Luigi. Started in 2003 on Game Boy Advance. We've had uh, Superstar Saga, Partners in Time, mm -hmm. Bowser's Inside Story, which is where I really got into the series from yeah. there. And I think a lot of people did, honestly. That one's really great. Dream Team. You have some fun stories working on that. Oh, I have a good one. Paper Jam. And then we do have these two remakes, which I'll be honest, I forgot. I completely forgot about these. When I was doing my research, I was like, wait a minute, what? what? And then it slowly like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Right. So they had a remake of Superstar Saga yes. and Bowser's Inside Story, but they always had this little bonus content. Little so bonus. it's Superstar Saga plus Bowser's Minions, Bowser's Inside Story, plus Bowser Jr.'s Journey. Great title. Mario and Luigi, Bowser's, Bowser's Inside, Inside Story, Story plus, plus Bowser, Bowser Jr.'s, Jr.'s Journey. Who uh, that's a mouthful? That is a mouthful. Don't forget, the game. The game. The. And these are developed, uh, were developed by Alpha Dream, which yeah. is a studio which no longer exists. Yeah, sadly. After sadly. that last Bowser's Inside Story remake, they shut down. And I'm a little surprised that, yeah, like, Nintendo was well aware that this was a hit franchise. Yes. Like, well aware. Why did it just buy Everybody was like, oh, yeah, this game's going to do great. Like, nobody was worried about these games. Yeah. So I'm surprised that they just let that happen versus like, hey, let, let's buy you or let's give you some money. Yeah, or, like, what, what's happening here? 
Yeah. It's, that was just so weird. It's a weird thing that we never got much of an explanation for. It was like, oh, yeah, they just they just shut down. They were, like, very, they were very, um, I remember that we, we were, like, kind of shocked by this. Um, and then when we asked about it, it was very much like a brush off. Like, yeah. whatever, that happens. Yeah. We're like, but the, they made, like. <laughs> they make these games that are like really popular. seven really popular games that sold so really millions well of that copies. people love. Are so, we like, worried are about you this? Not, yeah, I don't know. They maybe, like, maybe they didn't want maybe us the to people... look too deeply into this. Uh-oh. Cement shoes? Just follow the money. <laughs> <laughs> or in this case, don't follow the money because there was none. They shut down. <laughs> what? Where is the money? Maybe they're paying them. I need to review your bank slips, Nintendo. You need to look at the financial statements. This is where you ask a, I'm gonna show a up question. To the, the shareholder. I'm going to show up to the Bank of Kyoto. Can I yeah. please review Nintendo's bank statements? Thank Thanks. you. You're like tapping your yeah. foot in a shareholder meeting. <laughs> As they push the button under the table. You're like sucked into the... <laughs> You end up where Alpha Dream is, like in the dungeon somewhere. Oh, no. <laughs> Anyways, but th th yeah, it was very strange when this happened. We were still at the company at the time. I remember we were very shocked because it was like such a hit franchise. Right. And they totally just like brushed it off. And yeah, that was the end of that. Um, Important distinction about these. Mm -hmm. Always a handheld series. Yes. Versus Paper Mario, which aside from Sticker Star, was primarily a, a console, console. Yeah. series. So Suppose again, now I, you don't really have a distinction. I think an important distinction going yeah. forward. Consistently very solid quality, more so than I would say Paper Mario. Absolutely. Uh, I think all of these are, are pretty good. Yeah, obviously there's some that people like better than others, mm -hmm. but there were there were not too many that were like, oh, this one's just a dud, or this, yeah. this is this is the bad one. Yeah, this is the one that was unplayable. No, yeah. these are all playable. Yeah, they're all <laughs> pretty solid, all have pretty good review scores. Mm -hmm. um, I would still say that it never felt as big as Paper Mario did, just in terms yeah. of being a go-to Nintendo franchise. But this was such a staple on, on handhelds for, you know, again, for, for almost 20 years. I think for every sort of handheld, like, new handheld year, right. we had a really solid Mario & Luigi title, you know, for, for, that, for that year. So it was like a, a very much like, okay, when is the next one coming out? On, on right. like 3ds, whatever you know, and so, you know it looks like we're going to get through the Switch generation without one. There's no Mario and Luigi. You know, they were shipping very consistently from the GBA onward through, onward through the yeah. 3ds, and yeah. they just stopped. Well, they're gone. So. so big lull for this otherwise big franchise here. Yeah, I really miss this franchise. Honestly, I've been holding out hope. I thought with the Mario movie and Mario Luigi being such like marquee characters in the Mario movie that they for sure would have a yeah. game like Mario and Luigi on Switch because it's such like a great way to bridge that audience gap from the movie to the game. I agree. I think I had a prediction at some point, I forget when, of Yeah, oh, I did yeah, too. they'll definitely announce a new like surely they won't go a whole generation without having a Mario and Luigi yeah. game, surely. It's just so bizarre to me what happened with this franchise. Right. Um Yeah, so looking forward, you know, who knows what Nintendo's plans are for specifically the Mario and Luigi series? Maybe they want to bring that development in house and and do something bigger with them. Because to your point, I do think that they they have you know consistently be put, uh, been putting these games on handheld. Maybe that's why it hasn't felt as like grandiose or as you know important as some of the other titles. Maybe for the next console to make this franchise feel bigger and more of like a staple, 
um, they're going to reshift and reshuffle um, and do something, you know, different with this. And that's why we've seen such a long lull between the last one and, and, you know, a whole generation has gone by without seeing one of these. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Well, let's get into one of these big questions here, which is, you know, can Nintendo sustain these multiple role-playing Mario Mario role-playing series in the future? And do they need to? Now that we are down from a console and a handheld to we, we just have, have one, one we just thing. have one thing. Yeah. And we need to support that. Yeah. I would argue no. I think they should have less of these. I think they should go I think they should pick one. They should pick one. And say yeah. this is now the, the RPG. Because thing. I do think it's I'm not as hardcore on these games as, as some people. To me, aside from the aesthetic differences. They aren't that different. Gameplay-wise, they are very similar. And it's... I have a hard time thinking of other comparisons of a big franchise having two series that are interchangeable almost in some ways. Especially when you have Mario Luigi Paper Jam. That was fun, the crossover, yeah. Right? Actually, I like that idea. I like that one a lot. Yeah. But it's like, well... You're doing it though. Yeah. Like you're doing it right now. You you are no, it's like seeing how. And after that, they never had an original idea, and they shut the studio down. <laughs> exactly. Like that. That says something. Where it's like you you're clearly like kind of working yourselves yeah. into this like weird sort of circular logic. This here. was the first multiverse story. Oh my god. And now we're lousy with the, them. The Mario Luigi see you. <laughs> so sick of the multiverses. <laughs> oh my gosh. No more multiverses. No one wants that. Um, but you can see where it's starting to get like a little bit sort of jumbled where I think they do need to pick like a clear lane and a clear focus for whatever the next thing is. And I do think all of these remakes, it, it's it's buying time That is what they're doing. They're buying time. I agree. Before they have like an actual new RPG with the remix. It's very suspicious that they yeah. had Mario RPG and then Paper Mario um, remake announced back to back like that coming out within the that same time frame is because they don't know what they're doing right now with this series. I agree. I, I think the lack of a Mario and Luigi title is very telling this generation. Yeah. Obviously, Alpha Dream shutting down is a blow, but if they wanted to find a new team to make one of those, they could. Right. It just hasn't happened. Right. So I think that is... Well, they may be maybe doing it right now. They may be like getting a maybe. team up to speed right now or reshuffling oh, I mean, you've resources. Had, you've had many years, to do, years to do this, though. Seven years to build a team. So I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like we were saying, you know, Mario and RPG, that that's a great game, but it could also be a stopgap. This remake of Paper Mario you know, should sell great, gap. but it's also not moving any of this forward in a significant way. So, and I do think with, with Paper Mario, you know, as much as I love Mario role-playing game, RPG, um, I think it's better that Paper Mario has this very distinct visual because there's so many Mario games out there. Yeah. And they've done a good job of making them all feel different and, and not like, it's like, oh, it's just another Mario game. It's like, no, we're in different genres. We're doing different stuff. But this truly is differentiated in a way that others aren't. So if I was John Q Nintendo and I was deciding what to do, I would say from now on, we're doing just Paper Mario. We don't have to worry about the gimmicks anymore because yeah. this is the one. Yes. 
And we're going to use this art style as a canvas, yes. but we're going to put all of the wonderful, solid gameplay These mechanics are just be... in Mario Luigi into the same yes. series. This is the Marquee Mario RPG Yes, series. these are just going to be great role-playing games yes, great story, with Mario with and writing. all that thing. Yes, yes, do that. And it's sad that, that Mario and Luigi is not going to be continuing on. But I think the but, spirit of it will, would continue on right. in a new, you know, really big sort of RPG Paper Mario game. Like that same spirit of Mario and Luigi RPG could be injected. Or what if what if your what if your gimmick is like, oh you have Paper Mario and oh Paper Luigi just showed up and yeah. now you're doing things kind of in tandem. Exactly. Like like you did in that series before, yeah, you're right. That's a good point. There's things that you can kind you of can take. You can inject that spirit you into it. Strip mine Mario and Luigi. Easily. Well, you can because they're they're out of business, and now you're just selling them for parts. Yeah. Um, it could be cool, like you know how we, you know, at at the Nintendo Development Studio, they have like one team that's really focused on 2D Mario. They have the EPD yeah. team in Tokyo really focused on 3D Mario. Mm -hmm. Why don't you all have a team that's really focused on Mario RPG? You know, and have that be sort of the three Mario pillars. Yeah. Moving forward, because that would be great, because then you would have this really, you know, easy way to distinguish between the three, and it wouldn't be confusing, and it just would be, you know, you could put all of your great ideas into, like, one thing, um, and then we wouldn't have Sticker Star, and we wouldn't have these issues that really persisted with having all of these different kinds of Mario RPG games. Now, back to the question about intelligent systems, though. If Paper Mario is actually going to get elevated by becoming the marquee Mario role-playing series, are you worried about them being able to follow through on that? I don't think it should be intelligent systems anymore. Oh. I think that they should bring it in-house. Okay. And have like a dedicated Nintendo team working on it. They're hiring a lot of new developers. They have a new development building. Maybe that's why. And then, again, then they would have the three solid Mario pillars. And it would be really good for the future, too. Let intelligent systems focus on Fire Emblem. Why do you look like you're in well, pain? I'm trying to think back to all of the intelligent systems track record. I can't think of like a big misstep they had. No misstep, just that's leading, resources. That's leading me to think, oh, they are, you know, they're, they're losing their grip. We're not firing them. It's not, that, it's not that at all. It's like, you know, if you want to elevate this series, you but want then, to. But do you need to do that? If, I mean, we know they're capable of making great games. Is it, I mean, do you, is that premature? I worry that, not they, give them a that dividing their focus and having them be a studio that's doing both is tough. I mean, you could do something like with Fire Emblem, you know, they teamed up with Koei Tecmo. That's true. That, which, that, that was works a, really well. That was surprisingly a great partnership. Yeah, yeah. No, for, for, that, for those yeah. games. And, and now they seem to have kind of ramped up more of the yeah. you know the tech on their side and are more more comfortable with that yeah. maybe maybe there's something like maybe that something like that a short-term allegiance i do think there is something to the idea of like having um some of the the these senior like a they need like a tezuka or a koizumi-esque person to head up the rpg side to really just like advise them on on like that, the, the well, here, stuff that you can't do, well, they you should can't get, really so, talk about. You know, on, like the, on, the, on, the spirit of it and like the feeling and the vibe, you know? Well, the person's already there. So they have, you know, Nintendo producers who oversee Xenoblade, who oversee Fire Emblem. There's that guy, Mr. Yamagami. Yeah, yeah. And I'm blanking on the other guy who works with Mr. 
I shouldn't say. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking know. on. I'm blanking on his name. Um, but they kind of are, you know, the internal people overseeing those games, which have been really great. Yeah. So maybe they can get more. Maybe they can involved, like, do more and be more. And that can become and... more of a, you know, an RPG unit. That's what I'm. That's what I want. Because that's. I think that's what makes to like you know wonder and you know Odyssey so successful is that you have this like very seasoned leadership team that's been around for ages and you're now looking at I'm, I'm gonna take an attempt on this guy's name okay let's see what comes up oh right you got it Genki yes. Yokota yes Yokota oh yes, yes. I'm so vindicated wow that was great good for you <laughs> there's his picture and everything that that is him you're yes, right yes that is him so he's he's been extremely involved yeah Fire Emblem and the Xenoblade series. And I think he's even more hands-on than Mr. Yamagami now. Yeah. Who's, who's very senior. I do like Mr. Yamagami. Yeah, yeah. Lot. He's, he's, he's like the sweetest, nicest person ever. Right. Can he do a thing? Well, they can both get involved. Oh, Codename Steam. No. Well, uh, it's not his fault. You can just exit not, not his fault. Not his fault. Not his fault. Not his fault. Um, anyhow. But yeah, like there's something to that like way of working that's very Nintendo. And it, it, just, it does inject these games with a, a certain like je ne sais quoi as they say um that is hard to explain um so yeah maybe they can do something like that for this new elevated you know future for yeah. roping yeah. uh, mario rpgs we did ask our patreon subscribers this question of which incarnation of mario role-playing games do you prefer and oh, why yes we got some interesting results. So 22% of people said Super Mario RPG, obviously just the one game. Yes. 48% of people said mm. the Paper Mario series. That makes sense, yeah. Good indicator for what we were just recommending of that right. being the thing. And then 30% said the Mario and Luigi series. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, we got some comments. Nick Clemens says, it's hard to put my finger on exactly why Mario and Luigi is my favorite, but I think the biggest part is it's an opportunity to see them as brothers. We see them together frequently, but these are the rare times they have a true adventure together. The kind of thing I always imagine doing with my taller and younger brother. Oh, that's so I like sweet. that comment. I think that's so true, though. It's like the relationship part is what we love about yeah. the Mario and Luigi series. So true. Tay120N64 says, My sentimentality towards Mario RP Super Mario RPG is unmatched, and I don't doubt it being my first RPG mm. contributes to that. But if you gave me a choice, I would take a new entry in the Mario and Luigi series every time. It largely comes down to how fun the battle system is and how the timed hits are the best and crunchiest feeling out of the three subseries. I love the completely unserious plots and the fantastic scores by Yoko Shimomura. I have played the first two Paper Mario games, and while the stories are good, I don't find the gameplay nearly as engaging as what Alpha Dream developed. Totally agree. The gameplay for, the, for Mario and Luigi is like by far the most satisfying. And finally, Kyle325 says, even though I love the consistency and humor between the Mario and Luigi games, I do like the Paper Mario games as they feel a bit different from each other. Super Paper Mario on Wii played like more of a platformer. Sticker Star and Color Splash was more about finding and powering up items you could use. And Origami King is more of an open world adventure with a lot of puzzle solving to defeat enemies and bosses. Plus, it's hard to top Thousand Year Door. And I've always felt Paper Mario was the true successor to, to Roll RPG as the original N64 was originally named Super Mario RPG 2, as we were saying. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thanks again for the great shows, Kit and Krista. Yeah, yeah. Again, I think there's a way to, like, just 
marry all of the wonderful things that we love about each of these now separate series into like one really awesome Mario role-playing game. Well, I think we, we, we touched on something important here with these comments, which is if they don't just carry on, what some, some fan base is going to feel burned, unfortunately. Sure. And even if you do carry over aspects of like Mario and it Luigi like, and Paper Mario, it's not the same. Yeah. So that's something that I do think is unfortunate and something they need to think about because, mm -hmm. again, those are there's a lot of people who played and love those games. Yeah. yeah uh, but sure. as always, not my problem, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> that's our conclusion to this topic. I hope that my favorite one moves on, which is Paper Mario. <laughs> I'm rooting for myself. No, but I, I do think that's so true. Like, one, you know, fan base is going to feel slighted by this. But I think there's ways to, like, talk about why they would also love yeah. this new thing. Anyways, yes. We have the grand return of Kit and Krista Storytime, which we put on the back burner for a couple weeks where you were gone. Yes. But we're back. We are back with a really kind of sad story about dogs. <laughs> Not that kind of sad story. Don't, don't get scared. It's, it's not, not that kind of story. Don't get a tissue yet. It's okay. Um, you, don't need, you don't need to look up. What's that website you look at? Um, there's a dog die. Yeah, you don't need to check. You don't need to check that. It's not that sad. Originally, I had the title of the segment as Nintendogs were banned from the office, oh. and you got really confused. You were like, wait, they banned us from we playing We couldn't play Nintendogs? Nintendogs? Huh? Um, that wasn't it either. But, uh, yeah. So... There was this like very sort of long and drawn out thing about like whether or not dogs are allowed in the Nintendo office. Right. And it actually started in the corporate headquarters in Redmond. Oh, really? Because in the old building, and we were talking about this a couple of podcasts, this is during our live show at PAX actually, yes. we're talking about how... You know, when Nintendo moved to the new building. Predating the one they're in now. Right. right. The older building did allow dogs. Really? Yes. Oh, and I didn't there, know that. There was a special doggy that was um, sort of like the office dog. It was like... Whose was it? It was um, Don James' assistant's dog. That really? golden retriever. I never saw Have a dog Have you met there. that dog? No, I never saw a dog It is there. like the sweetest, huh. cutest, most wonderful puppy ever. Okay. And it would just like roam the halls, you know? It was like all, like an off-leash, wow. like very sweet. And so dogs were like allowed at that old office. Again, a very homey place, that office. And very homey, very homey. You're proving my point right no, now. No, 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 I totally agree with you. It's like a little bit like, you know, small and Yeah, cozy. a lot of people who work there hated it. Yeah, well, and then they shut down the marketing department and moved it all to Redwood City and that was a whole thing. Anyhow, um, they moved to that new building and they basically were like, oh, this building's so new and nice. Like, we cannot have dogs here. Right. And that caused the whole thing. Like, people in Redmond were, like, really pissed off. Because they were just like, what the heck? It's never good to take something away. Right. And dogs? If you don't like dogs, <laughs> That's, that's like sorry. a bad sign for it's people. Like, it's like, it's like yeah. you, don't, you have to, like, even if you don't like dogs, don't tell people you don't like Isn't dogs. Isn't that a movie for some, like, rom-com, must-love dogs? I think that's a rom-com, yeah. yeah. And I it's, think like, it it's is. like, don't tell people you don't like dogs. Don't tell people you don't like ice cream. You're just going to be a weirdo. Like, don't, no one wants that, you know? Um, keep it to yourself. But, um, so that happened. And I remember we were um, in Redmond one time. And our good friend, no longer at Nintendo, used to be in the treehouse had just gotten this new puppy. Yeah. And like, he could not leave this dog. Like when you get a new puppy, right. anyone that knows. That's hardcore. Like you basically yeah. have to like, crate, you're crate training this dog and like potty training. Mm -hmm. You have to be there like every two hours. Yeah. So 
he couldn't leave this dog and then he couldn't bring the dog into the office and he couldn't take time off because he didn't have any more vacation days. So he would leave that dog in his car. Oh. But it's, it's nice. It's not, it's not hot in Seattle, so it's fine. Yeah. But he would go out there every two hours, okay. like every hour to like take the dog out and like, you know, take care of the dog. Yeah. It was so sad because they wouldn't let him put the, have the dog in the office. So anyways, that happened in Redmond and it was like kind of a bad, bad spirit. And then in the Redwood City office, it like carried over. And when I got my dog, Chowder, we will link a picture of Chowder. Um, he was eight weeks old and I couldn't leave him either. So I brought him into what the year, office. What year was that? <sighs> Chowder's 14 now, so what year was that? Oh, 2008? Wow. I remember this, yeah. Remember? Okay, yeah. 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 And so literally this eight-week-old puppy, mm-hmm. I, I could not leave him at home. Like, there's no way. I had, I can't leave this puppy. Yeah, you can't do that. And I couldn't take time off. Like, if you, you, okay, give me either one. Either you let me bring this dog into the office or you give me time off. Like, they wouldn't give me time off. So I had to bring this dog into the office. So I literally had this dog in my lap and I was still working. Everything's fine. You know, I would take the dog out every hour or whatever to go to the bathroom, but it was like sitting in my lap. And our, not our direct boss, but someone that was like a senior director, like high up on our team, basically like yelled at me and was, he made me like go into his office and he shut the door and he was like, you can't bring that dog into the office. That's not professional and appropriate. And I cried into the puppy, (laughs) into Chowder. What? The Chowder was so cute as a puppy. How could you look at this face? And say like dead inside. Dead inside. I was so mad. I think that was like the first time I ever cried, not the last, but first. Um, I was so mad. I wasn't doing anything. Like it wasn't disturbing your work. Yeah, that is hard. So I, I had a dog. He passed away in 2019. Baron, who's an English bulldog. And when I got Baron, I was working at Namco, and I did have to drive home at lunchtime. Not. It's not like a little 10 minute drive. It was like a 30 minute drive. So I was basically using my entire lunch to drive, do whatever I needed to do with him and drive back for some amount of time. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot to do when you have a puppy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then that happened in 2008 and the dogs were no longer allowed at Nintendo in, in Robert City. Anywhere. Fast forward in time. Right. Then how did this come back? Yeah. No. Okay. I don't know. I think someone was just brazen, which I like. But I think, but but they were asking like, are they actually banned? Because we were part of an office park. It was not yeah. like Nintendo did not own this building. Yes. And I think they looked into it. And it was like it's unclear actually. It's not banned because there was other people in the office park that had dogs in their office. Right. So somebody like noticed this and brought up the question to the person who was in charge of the office. Right. And they were like, well. It's kind of a gray area. Gray, gray area. Yeah. So then this person on our team, no longer at Nintendo, would just bring her dog in. And I really respected that because she just like, she, she needed this dog to like calm her down. Right. Like she, it, it's actually seriously was part of her like, it just, she just needed it because that job is so stressful. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I felt for her. And it was not healthy. And it was the only thing that she could do to give her like a little glimpse of joy during the day. To get through the day. To get through the day. And like, it's like, it's so innocuous. Like, oh my God, let this poor woman bring a dog in and let her help her out because she's clearly yeah, the dog having... Was not, the dog was not a problem at all. The dog was 
never made a peep. Stayed in her office. Stayed in her office. She had an office, so she closed the door. Like, it was fine. Um, And so that, like, there was definitely some angry looks from the person that told me that I couldn't bring my dog in, like, 14 years ago that made me cry. That person was her next-door neighbor, so that wasn't great, but she didn't care. And I was like, you go, girl! (laughs) So, like, on her team. Um, And that person never said anything to her, and she just continued to bring her dog in. So then I was like, you know what? I'm bringing my dog in. The seal was broken. The seal was broken. Yeah. So I started bringing my dog in. You brought Baron in. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people. Producer Steffi had beautiful dog named Cody that she would bring in. What kind in. of dog is Cody? Cody was like a long, like a Yorkshire Terrier okay. Chihuahua mix, but Cody was okay. like, he looked like an Ewok. He was so yes. cute. Yes, um, But lots of people started bringing the dogs in. Right. Everyone was happy. The dogs were not a just Morale was through the roof. Morale was through the roof. There's pictures of doggy Halloween. It's true. Where dogs were on a boo pill. Mm-hmm. I, I will insert all these photos because right. they were adorable. And nobody had a problem. No one, no one was... There were no complaints raised. There was raised. no complaints. Because um, there definitely would have been a complaint. If somebody truly did have an issue, it would get out. Yeah. And this, these dogs were not a disturbance at all. And yeah, it wasn't every they were day. They well-behaved. It was like once a week. Right. You bring, you right. bring your... Oh, like when... And then we would all go for like a lunchtime walk mm-hmm. with the dogs. It was so nice. It like... Really, it like changed the morale yeah. in that office. Like 180 the morale. Because we were all like rolled down at that time. But then, there was this one guy who had the cutest dog ever, like the sweetest, most friendliest, just beautiful, beautiful puppy. And he he was badging in from the back door of the office through the camera. The Redmond security team saw his dog and was like, are you guys letting dogs in the office? <sighs> and then that was it that was it the dogs were fired from the office <laughs> and i had to look my dog in the face and tell her that she was no longer welcome cry into her again i cried into the dog and at this point i had two dogs but i only bring like one at a time yeah you know because that's weird you had like a million dogs yeah. like one person um but yeah and then it was like there was like some really shady weird excuse that they used too it wasn't like it was it was like a like it, they had no leg to stand on basically they were like oh yeah our uh insurance doesn't cover dogs so you guys can't bring them into the office i'm like the roof just leaked like two days ago you're we not, have a lot of other problems you're not in this gonna building. fix that like a bathroom yeah. won't flush. we don't have security in this office also. we can just walk in and kill us yeah but yet you won't let us i mean at least a dog <laughs> protect me maybe from the, the, the it's an unlocked door the there's nobody at the front desk yeah walk in and shoot me like geez <laughs> Um, like it was very, it was, it was just like a stupid excuse and people were mad. Morale went way back down (laughs) and then we all quit. No, just kidding. That wasn't the reason why, (laughs) but it was getting, it was one of the reasons. Um, but yeah, it was just like such like a, a dumb office thing. Yeah. You know, it's like try to do something for your employees so that they are happy you're already putting them through so much stress you know give give someone a little bit of brightness in their day you know it's not there was nothing that was about these dogs that were causing any sort of problem it was this like really stupid you know gray area slash like 
corporate policy that made it miserable for people. So anyhow, then the dogs were banned forever. And then we had COVID and we never went into that office ever again. True. Dogs are not banned from this office, by the way. Well, they're also not here. So what's the deal? We should bring the dogs in. You don't have a dog right now. You're the one that has dogs now, so bring, bring yeah, the dogs in. I should have. I mean, my yeah. mom loves the dogs, so yeah. she she would babysit while while we do this podcast. Or she can just run around here; it's fine too. Um, but yes, so that's the story. Nintendo dogs banned. Nintendo dogs were banned from the office. Yeah, very sad. I haven't put out a Nintendo dogs game since. What do you know? Oh, put the pieces together, people. Put the piece. Follow the money. Follow the money. <laughs> I have to say it in that voice. <laughs> We are on to the games we are playing. It's a short list this week, but I want to start with you because you've really been talking up Sea of Stars. Oh my gosh, Sea of Stars has captured my heart. Again, for the second time. Well, when I, I played the demo, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, this game is really good. I'm going to buy yeah. it. Bought the game, and then I kind of sat on it for a little bit. Took so a little I was, break. I was, like in, I was like in China. And then I started playing the full game and I was like really confused because the demo and the full game were like it wasn't like um like in sequence like uh -huh. usually when you play a demo you play like the first part of the game or like yeah. you know and then you can carry over oh, it was from deeper into the game yeah oh and it was like a weird like they they mashed together like two separate parts of the full game into the demo it's really interesting. So I was like a little like jarred. Okay. From that, I was like, wait, what's going on? Because this is not where the demo started. Oh. And now I'm like really confused about where I am. Anyhow, so I, I pushed past that. The beginning of that game, there is a lot of setup. So I can see why they wanted you to play a different part of the game to get into more of like the core gameplay mechanic. Um, so anyways, I did all that. And now that I'm like, Deep, deep, deep. I'm actually almost done with the game. Um, I, I truly, like, am in love with this game now. Like, hmm. I, I just, I'm so impressed with how flawlessly they are, like, doing all the things that, you know, you love in these kinds of RPG games. And the thing that I love the most is, like, they basically mushed together the puzzles and dungeons of a Zelda game and the gameplay mechanic of a Paper Mario game. Well, I wanted to ask about that because it seems like most people say, oh, this is closest to Chrono Trigger. Yes. But you, see, but you mentioned Zelda a lot here. I think it's, it's, it's like Chrono Trigger as well. Mm. Yeah. But I think the dungeons are super similar to Zelda, like mm. traditional Zelda dungeons. All right. Because it has like that same thing where you're like in... Some sort of like themed dungeon, like I'm, I am in like basically a water temple right now. <laughs> it's actually pretty fun though. I was really nervous that it was going to be bad, but it wasn't bad. Um, and you get like an item in that temple, and then you boomerang. There is a grappling hook. Oh, oh, ah, okay. Um, there is another thing that's like a wind bracelet where you like push objects oh. around. So it's very, again, yeah. very, yeah. very similar okay. to. So you get you get you go and get the item and then you use that item to like manipulate the that dungeon. You like mm -hmm. backtrack and manipulate and then there's a boss fight and you use that item. Yeah. So it's like yeah, it's very similar to that mechanic. Um and then the, the battling, the gameplay is like basically, you know, the RPG like timed 
you know, that kind of like Mario and Luigi kind of um, style where you're like timing your hits and um, there's like different combos you can do and things like that. So I don't know what it is, but like the, the combination of those two things, it like works perfectly. Mm. It complements it perfectly because you get a little break from sometimes I think those kinds of battles can feel like a slog if you're just doing battle, battle, battle over and over again, which we've complained about for role-playing games. Um, but because you have like the puzzle element of traversing the world and going through these dungeons, it's like a really nice break between those two. So they do a great job with that. This game is so beautiful as well. Like I think everyone has noted that, but just like the environments that you're in, it's like super diverse. You know, you start out sort of in more of like a traditional kind of RPG, like the village, you know, the mountains kind of thing. And then you, you, if they really like take you to these different looking environments, like I was in this like creepy graveyard haunted mansion kind of situation. And then I went underwater to this like underwater, mm. like sea world kind of situation. Now I'm in these like snowy mountains. Um, so the world is just like super diverse and beautiful. Um, the way they do the overworld is really fun too because you like kind of zoom out and you're in this like bigger map and you walk towards like the little, the next area you're going to explore. And then once you go in there, it's like more of like a traditional level. Um, so the way that they just kind of like zoom you out to show you the breadth of the world is like really cool. And I got a boat. So oh. now I'm like sailing around and there's like this bigger, like much bigger world map that you're able to get from like sort of bigger islands to bigger islands. So the scope of it is like huge and I didn't realize that. You said you're almost done? I think so. <clears throat> how many how, how many hours so far? <sighs> Probably like 20 Because this is hours. the hard math that we all have to do this 20 year. hours maybe? Oh, that's not bad. It's not bad. Wow. I think I'm like, I'm probably, I probably have like 20% more to go, I think. Something like that. Because oh. I'm getting like the, the last couple of items to do the last thing that I need to do. I would love to check this out before we do game of a year. You have to. It seems like I this should. This is now shooting up the, the rankings. Whoa! If they if this game like finishes on a solid note, this mm. is like when you eat a really good meal and they like mess it up on dessert. <laughs> happens and a lot. That happens a lot. Yeah. And then you like totally take down your score. If they can, if the dessert, dessert tastes good and it's beautiful, then it's going to be like... It, it might be number one. I don't know. Whoa! It's so good. Number one? It's so good. Okay, okay. Well, if it's number one, then I definitely have to try it. It might be number one. We'll oh see. It has gosh. to unseat Tears of the Kingdom, but if there's a possibility, it can because the dungeons are so good! <laughs> and the Tears of the Kingdom dungeons were not good. Wow. Um, yeah. It's really... I I was so surprised. By it. And the story is so good, too. And the characters, you just like want to give them a hug because they're so cozy and so... Mm just wholesome, you know, the friendships and yeah, I love it. I love it so much, you guys. Anybody that hasn't played it yet, please go play it immediately because it's amazing. From one game of the year candidate to another. Exactly. Baldur's Gate 3. Oh, you, man. So you had to fall off of that for a while. A little bit. I, I came back. I needed to do the, I'm in the underground passage. Yeah. It was very dark and, and, and my Just phone, take the mountain pass. My phone was too small. Just take the mountain pass. Okay. I completely understand though. Yeah. So I'm going to. Go the um, other way. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get back on that once I beat Sea of Stars, which I think I'm close to. And, and you're gonna beat that in uh, ten days before Mario Wonder and Spider Man and all this other stuff. Come it, out. Can, it could happen. <laughs> it's 
happen. I've been playing this game like every night for like over a month straight. You have? Oh yeah. Oh. But you don't game that long. How long hard. do you play? No, my sessions are not crazy. I play like two and a half hours, three That's hours. That's not, you know me, I could sit there and play for like seven hours. All right, well you got 10 days, you better get started. I can do it. So. On the weekends, I like, I can play all day. I am getting close to the end on this, I can tell. I'm still uh -huh. in act three, which I do believe is the end. The last act, and okay. Good. The thing I'm doing now is I'm kind of um, wrapping up some of my party members' individual storylines. Oh yeah, yeah, some of them so are very mysterious. I have three party members, two of them I've, I've finished their storylines. So Astarion, I finished that. Oh nice. I went back to sort of like the vampire mansion where he came oh, from. Oh cool. Uh, Shadow Heart, she was part yeah, of this like, like religious the, this cult. temple cult thing. They have right. a secret that they can't tell you. Right, so I went back yeah. there um, because I'm playing more of like a battle-oriented story. Those ended in like massive challenging battles. I'm sure oh. there's a lot of different paths that, that could persuasion? have taken, but I just went in there, you know, Maybe persuasion. sword swinging and... <laughs> <laughs> Your little dwarf sword. This is how justice is served. Well, he actually has like a big like warhammer thing. Oh, wow, yeah, like a, like a sledgehammer. My character is so powerful right now; it's great. My whole my whole party is very whole powerful. Your whole party is yeah. just like like blowing things up. It's been basically. interesting to see. Like so, when when the, I started the game, Astarian was like so easily the MVP because yeah. everybody was squishy, and he could just snipe from the back and bite people. And he's become less. Great as time has gone on oh. because now, so my main character, I can attack three times in a turn. Dang, and I also have this crazy. other ability where sometimes I can get a fourth turn and Whoa. I have an ability that will give me once per battle one more turn. So I oh, can. So you just, you could like on your own take out. Right. So and I've got the many. giant sledgehammer. So you're just like, right. Bonk, 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 bonk. Yeah. You're black a mole right. So away. that's good. Okay. Carlock is my other, like, barbarian. She's, like, my other melee character, oh. so she, she's great. And then Shadowheart was really not doing much for she me. She wasn't doing much for me. She's healing. not doing much for me right now, but she's my main healer. She is slowly becoming something more useful. Oh, good. So every level you get access to, like, new spells. Right. And now some of these spells are pretty interesting where, like, I can cast an aura around myself where if anything gets in that aura, they take damage. So I can just kind of like on a turn, just like run and like not stop, like run past all these people and do this damage to them as they get stuck in the oh. aura. Or she can summon this kind of like sentinel thing where if people come close to that, it will like counterattack. It will counterattack attack them. them. Yeah. So she's 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 more of a cerebral character of how you use her, but she's more useful. So I'm actually toying with the idea of benching Astarian now that I've finished. His storyline. And seeing, like, is there somebody else I might want to bring in? Mm -hmm. But I've come this far with him, I might as well just, just finish it. Like, you almost stick done. it out. Yeah. That's a, that's the like. What else you got? You got Will, which is I that other mage, right? Right. So I'm a mage, so I benched him immediately. He's a like, warlock, oh, is what he is. But and then magic I have dealer. Gale, who is also like a wizard. So and I have Gale, a lot of, yeah. I have a lot of magic. The magic is really fun. So if you wanted to like play around with it, that would be cool. That's kind of like a, a, a small, it's not, I don't. I can call it regret. I don't know what to call it. It's like, there's so many alternate ways to play this game. Yeah. And like, I, I do need to move on eventually to other it's games. too bad you can't try out like, like I could play this game. Way. Yeah, I could play this game for a year straight and keep trying different yeah, things. Yeah, that's true. Which is, um, 
a shame. Yeah. But it's been rewarding to wrap up those stories. This whole, this area of this third act is, you know, it's it's really overwhelming, like, when you first get there because it's so big and there's so much happening. It's so dense. It's this city. Well, it's Baldur's Gate. It's the city of, <laughs> of Baldur's Gate. And there's a lot of side stuff that you can get into. I had a, a, just an interesting, like, random, this is, like, a good example of, like, a random cool thing that can happen in the game. So I went to a, a graveyard and there was some like little girl who was like crying in the graveyard. Like what happened? Like, oh, my brother was killed. Oh no. He's in this grave. I'm trying to learn like this magic to bring him back, but, um. I, but I don't know the spell yet. And it's like, will you help her? I was like, sure, I'll help her. And then like I had this list of options and it was like, use the, sc- use the scroll of revive dead. And I'm, oh, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, surely that will do it. So I did it, but it revived Zombie? it revived everybody in the graveyard. Oh, no! <laughs> so I had like 30 little skeletons and zombies attacking me. And they were not strong at all. But and then her brother did come up, but he was like this gigantic, like evil. They they do have like a lesson in this game, which is like, do not bring back the dead. Yeah, well that's Do not try everyone, to bring back the dead. Haven't you watched Aladdin? Genie the, has three rules. You can't make anyone fall in love with you. Don't bring back the dead. Right. You can't, there's another rule. You can't wish for more wishes. But this is not the first time that this has been in this game where somebody wants to bring somebody back from the dead and it goes really badly. You can't do that. Right. So they this, did. This game has a point of view on this. Yes, there's, I have a point of view. So it was like, that, that was an interesting, again, there's a lot of ways you could have solved that, but I thought that was an interesting yeah. way. Yeah, can't use magic to do all those, way to those, do it. those things. I was like, so oh, funny. of course it wouldn't just bring back the one. It would yeah. bring back, we're in a graveyard, it brought back everybody. That's so funny. So that was pretty funny. Um, what else? I've, I've I've gone back and outside of playing, like been listening to more of the music from this game, which is really so great. Good. And I'm so excited because I'm sure they're going to play some of it at the Game Awards. I've been trying. I was like, gosh, there's so many good choices. I know. Like they're they're probably going to play the song that they play like in the menu, which I really yeah, like because that really that one good. has lyrics too. Yeah, yeah. But the whole soundtrack, um, it's it, it's available on services and it's on YouTube too. From you were like, saying that when we do our real life D and D game, we can play the the music. I saw that as a comment. People are like, a, oh, now I play this during my D and D campaigns, that's a good which idea. is which is a really good that's a good idea idea. But the music does really hold up well of like listening to it outside because you get to start, you like get so focused on the game. There's like yeah. little details that you don't notice, but mm-hmm. it kind of has that same sort of. It's almost like kind of like an Eastern European sensibility yeah. to it. It's a little bit sad. Makes a it a little bit melancholy. Right, a little bit different than some like of these it. like traditional like fantasy. Yes, some of the fantasy soundtracks. music is very like bombastic and kind of more yeah. like, inspirational. This one has yeah, like has a, a, has a bit a, of a kind sadness of a, to an it. An edge or something more dark. Yeah, yeah, to yeah it, totally. To it for I like sure. it. So, I'm thinking I'm definitely going to be fine to wrap this up before Mario. Yeah. But I'm not going to rush through it or anything. Maybe you should play a teeny tiny bit of Sea of Stars. Play the demo. That's not... Oh, okay, the demo. Yes, that's a good Demo's idea. Demo's really short. Good idea. Yeah. Good idea. Yes. So, yeah. Those are the games that we're playing. Two good ones. Yeah. And a lot more to come. Yeah. Let's move on to the news. We've got... A couple stories of, uh, what would you call these? Uh, Nintendo trans, things? Transmedia oh, trans synergies? Media. What? What is transmedia synergy? Cross-media? Cross-platform? Anyway, Cross- we'll get to those. First story, though, is not that. Uh, online play is ending. 
for the Wii U and the 3DS, Nintendo oh. put out a statement. As of early April 2024, new fiscal year. New fiscal year. Online play and other functionality that uses online communication will end service for Nintendo 3DS and Wii U software. Thank you very much for your continued support of our products. And there's a link to learn more. The link does specify that there are some ex exceptions. The two that they called out are Pokemon Bank mm -hmm. and Poke Transporter. Yeah. But the way they said that, there could potentially be a few other exceptions, but yeah, they didn't bother they didn't to call it out. Call it out. Yeah, who knows? Maybe there's some third party stuff they're that they're like, very, we don't, who knows? Very scared of Pokemon fans. We don't know. <laughs> I mean, they, they can't shut down Pokemon Bank. No. I wonder, like, is that, is that hard? Is it, if like, we're just shutting it, the thing down with the exception of these two things, is that like a total monkey wrench? I don't know. Like, how do you, do you like turn the switch? It's like, right, the, every you game leave, you flip the switch? You leave the switch for Pokemon Bank and Poketransporter on. It's like a light switch. Do not yeah, turn this off. That seems like more of. Or is it like a programming thing? I don't know. We shouldn't say. It's like someone just writes the code, right? We're too dumb to know. Write the code, blah, 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 yeah. slash, except these two. We're too dumb to know. I'm not a but, I don't know. I think that's what it is. So we closed the eShops. Was that earlier this year or the year before? I think that was earlier this year. That was earlier this year. March of this year. This is just the slow march towards, towards the, the end of these. For these platforms. Yeah, totally. Some people were unclear. So things like Street Pass, that is not online no so that sets up will continue like animal crossing for example you cannot have that anymore yeah there's a lot of it, like splatoon. splatoon people still play the original splatoon smash smash on both people mm -hmm. um yep. still play so there's a lot of games that there's still had pretty games, yeah. active communities yeah but I, again with all of these things i imagine they just have some spreadsheet where they can see the usage some, is very low you know, at this point. The value of us having this on mm -hmm. versus off is not there, and we will take the PR hit, and we don't care, and we'll just move on. And with they things. have to move on to like supporting the next console too, the next hardware. So they're going to be pulling resources, I think, from anywhere to do to do that. I did see there's some. I, I don't remember the name, but there's some service that is kind of a emulation solution to I online saw that. play that, yeah, you can that, homebrew it. that was like a big moment for them they're like we're on it <laughs> so good maybe okay. for people who want to who are go the extra very mile active to, you to know? figure this stuff out there may be some other way to do this yeah but, yeah but nintendo yeah. will not be supporting it anymore yeah that's yeah, kind of sad i mean i guess we got pat well past 10 years for both of these yeah it is it does mark like just you know kind of that thing like this is the end of an era like it just marks that and 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 you do get a little bit, you know, nostalgic for that era that's ending. So, yeah, I think I think that's what it is, you know. More so than people are actively using these services still. But, yeah. Yeah, people did point out, um, more so on Wii U, like a lot of those games had been remade and, you know, they have service on the Switch now. But I think Xenoblade Chronicles X again, that game did have some online features and there is no other way to play that. Mm -hmm. So that's one where... Like, it will always be incomplete. Yeah. Unless they... I don't know why they haven't re-released that one. That one was great. That's a great game. I don't know. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. So, maybe more videos in our future? Ten games to play online before the oh, thing shuts okay, down? Okay, okay. We should do it. We should do it. I mean, people liked it when we did those videos for the, oh. the eShop. But that's because you had to, like, you had to get it. really get it. Last chance. Yeah, last chance. Yeah. Last chance. Yeah. I mean, you could enjoy one last online One last sesh. round of... Whatever. Smash 3DS, yeah. you know? Sure, why Still not? Still choppy and terrible. It's going to be choppy and, <laughs> it's choppy and terrible now and yeah. it's choppy and terrible then. Yeah. All right, these two things here. There is oh, an upcoming mean. Lego Animal Crossing yeah. collaboration 
they put out a little, short little video, video yes. where you could see some of the characters. It, it was extremely vague. It just said, welcome to Lego Animal Crossing. Did not say a date. Did not say mm -hmm. what the specific products were. Teaser. But you got the little minifigures here. You got Tom Nook. You got Isabelle. You got some other folks. I like how you can see the Animal Crossing style trees with the different fruits in the background. Oh, yeah. And the fruits, you can interchange them. You can them. stick them onto the trees. Yeah, like depending on what fruit you get. Yeah. That's very cute. So they do keep expanding. This this Lego Nintendo stuff seems yeah. to be very popular. Seems like if you go to a store popular. or if you walk by like a Lego store. It's like always front and center for them. And the Nintendo section is, is huge. I mean, Lego, yeah. Lego seems to have like every license. I mean, they have like Star Wars ever. and they Harry Potter Marvel. and Marvel. But, so again, everything. Yeah, but that's good because, you know, I think they, that's how they're staying very relevant is by partnering with these, right. you know, other right. um, brands. And uh, this one looks really cute. I'm a little bit like weirded out by the Lego legs. Why? I don't know. It just looks. That's what they are. I know, but it doesn't look good right on the animals. Mm. But anyways, other than that, if you look at it without the legs, um, it's very cute. But yeah, I mean, they did the Donkey Kong recently, the Donkey Kong collection, mm -hmm. and still no Zelda collection. No That's Zelda. That's kind of a weird. Interesting. Yeah. I guess, how, what would you do? I don't know. And then Pokemon. No Pokemon. They're affiliated with some other, like, rip-off Lego. What is it? I can't remember the name, but sometimes oh, I'll see those happens? and I'm like... Just, not a leg. just get a Lego. Just get on with Lego. Yeah, Come on. just get a Lego. Come on, guys. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wonder what... You know, usually when, when I was working on the Lego partnership, um, the Mario Lego partnership, um, they, they were very clear about, like, their mission is to do more than just, like, building... Lego sets because a lot of the other franchises what like, is it then? build like a replica of the Millennium Falcon or build a replica of like Hogwarts Castle. Like yeah. for the the Nintendo Lego collaborations, they were very clear. Like we really want to like make gaming be part of it. So that's why for the Mario and Lego oh, yeah. set, they had the little right. screen on Mario's chest. You think, so you think they might have something like that for this? I think so. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I wonder if there's like a way to hmm. sort of do the Animal Crossing Pay off things. a debt. You can, maybe up. like your little chest, your like money number? goes down. It's just a number, yeah. <laughs> you tap a Tom Nook and your money goes down. I don't know. Or maybe there's like something with like fishing or gathering. Tap your credit card to pay Tom Nook through NFC technology. <laughs> <laughs> Follow the money. <laughs> Follow the bells. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see. I think that maybe that's why they sort of did a very short teaser because there's more to what hmm. this is. Um, but yeah, they, they, they were very like, that was like their mission statement with Nintendo Lego was that they would make sure that all of them had this sort of true gaming component to it. So yeah, I'm very oh, curious to see what this is. What a great comment. That's why you come to this podcast. Wow. I even, I'd forgotten I was, about that. I was there. I mean, you worked on it. I, I worked so. on this for a long yeah. time and it was, it's hard work. <laughs> it was hard work. What was Lego, what's Lego like? They're awesome. They're like most awesome brand. They're, they're so like just excited about everything and they're really you know fun loving people the funniest thing though is when they realize because we used to do a bunch of lego stuff on nintendo minute remember yes. and they realized like weeks months into me working with them they're like wait well, they realized it was you the person that's working on the pr <laughs> and the marketing is also the host of Nintendo <laughs> Minute. Like, how is she doing both things? They were like floored by this. I was like, what? Guys, me. <laughs> and they were like, you do both? And I was like, yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> it was so funny. 
Um, but they, uh, they're awesome to work with. And I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what they come up with for, for Animal Crossing. I'm sadly just not a Lego person. Yeah, like I've, I know. I've never really gotten into Legos. Yeah. But it seems like a lot of people are into this. So yeah. Let's go. I would, I, would, I would give this a chance for sure. This is smart because, you know, they had such a long gap leading up to the new game. Yeah, that, this is a good way to like bridge it up. And since bit. they did try some of those spinoffs that didn't go well, it's like, what else can you do yeah. to keep people interested. interested and not forgetful and still care while you yeah. wait for them to render 8,000 toilets for the next <laughs> game? <laughs> you got to do something. Do you think they'll do like Animal Crossing Horizons, like DX for Switch 2? More DLC? Uh, I don't happen. know. I think, yeah. it, I think in that case, they may just... Move on. Move on. Okay. To the next thing. All right. Yeah. But yes, excited that there is some Animal Crossing in our future because I do miss it. I, sometimes I think about my my island. I haven't been back in so long, right. but I think I think I think fondly of it. Yeah. And those moments that like saved our lives in 2020. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm so glad that they're they're doing something right. with it. Final, oh, I'm so excited about this. Final story. There is a Cyberpunk 2077 TV show. In the works. I can't wait. So they, um, uh, CD Project does, they do these like financial updates, but they do them in a really interesting way where they make them into like really like high-end videos. Have yeah. you seen any of these? I've seen them. So they yeah. have like an investor relations YouTube channel where you can watch these. And normally this is like watching, Boring, it's like yeah. watching paint dry. Yeah. But they do them in a really interesting and engaging way where it's like, even if you're just a regular person. You can like understand it. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to learn more. So yeah. they do a really good job with those. But yeah, they announced that there is a TV show in the works, and they've got some pretty impressive people uh, yeah. working on it. So the sort of studio involved is called Anonymous Content, which I'd never heard of. But then they said, well, they've they helped produce uh, True Detective, Mr. Robot. Also, Westworld and True Blood. Those are and the early the seasons of Game of Thrones. The good ones. The good ones of Game of Thrones. Wow. <laughs> um, and all of these are have this sort of dystopian feel, yeah, right, dark, right. darkness to it. So I think it will fit so well with the cyberpunk universe. Um, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Though. It's great. And I was actually thinking about this as I was playing Baldur's Gate because, I, you know, in the last episodes I've talked about how, like, they're... Dungeons and Dragons has so much linking back to Baldur's Gate, yeah. where it's like, if you were into this, let's try and get you into that. And it obviously worked for me. Yeah. Like, they obviously had Edge Runners, but, you know, Cyberpunk is also like a tabletop mm -hmm. role playing game. And that yeah. seems to have been not as at the forefront of all this other stuff that they're doing. But I think just having more things in this world is great. And this world is so detailed. Like exactly. we were talking so much about those books that, you know, you and I both read mm -hmm. about the world building of Night City and this like just all of this this background that you you see a lot in the games and obviously you see them see it in um the anime and stuff like that, uh but it's just like the more you can get out of that, I think the better, you know, for people to really get like deeply invested in in this franchise yeah they did also talk about the sequel so now that they've put out the expansion they've said you know we're, we're officially done with the first game yeah and that got some pickup i 
I recall that is not entirely new news, though, because I remember they did another one of these financial updates and they said, basically, here's our roadmap. And they talked about all these Cyberpunks games, all these Witcher games and all mm-hmm. these other things. Yeah, yeah. So that was something that I think some people were already aware of. But I think that's a good idea to, to move on now. Um, yeah, they, sounds uh, like they it's, definitely check the list off for this game. So Right. sounds like they're kind of changing the teams that are working. It's kind of like a couple studios working mm-hmm. together, which maybe makes me a little nervous, but uh, it sounds like it's so I far. I think it'll be all right. So far out <laughs> yeah. that um, nothing to really, you know, on, on the direct horizon right now for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did they say that this show was going to be an HBO exclusive or? Uh, I don't think they've said. Okay, because I do, you know, there was, there's a lot of this sort of, clout that comes from like being an HBO, Mm -hmm. um, what do they call it, prestige TV. Sure. Um, And you saw that with Last of Us, obviously, just bringing in like a massive audience. So they they really do kind of do this prestige TV route with the Cyberpunk Seems like it could be a good fit for that. I think it would be an awesome fit. And all of these these listed um, other things that this um, this, uh, developer of this Those um, were all media HBO com- shows. They were all HBO shows, except for hmm. true, uh, except for Mr. Robot, I think, was uh, on an HBO show. Uh. Um, but all the other ones were prestige TV HBO shows. So that could be really cool. Hmm. Yeah, this guy, Mike Pondsmith, who created Cyberpunk, I think he's in the area. I think he's like in the East Bay. We should look him up. Does he, just, Mike, do you want to come on the podcast? Come on, come on the show, Mike. Do you want to go with us to... Um... Don't say it! <laughs> Don't spoil that. Sorry. Do not say that. Oh my oh gosh! My we have such a great idea about cyberpunk. Can he come with us? That would be great. But we have such a good idea for a cyberpunk video that we, we were not we're able to get to because you, you went on vacation. Yeah. But it's one of those things where if you say it, it's so somebody else is going to do it and beat us to it. But nobody nobody has made okay, this connection. I, I will not say it. Never say that, please. Ever again. Jeez. Say one thing, get all yelled Don't at. Don't say it. <laughs> Let's get into our questions from our community. We always get questions from our Patreon community. First question today is from Banana Bread Slice. Hi, Kit and Krista. Krista, you mentioned that you were on the home audience committee. <laughs> what did that group do? What other committees were you both on? Were these committees just for Nintendo of America or cross-company? Did you feel like you were able to make an impact, or was it just one of those meetings created so some manager detached from day-to-day work could feel like they contributed something? Thanks for the insights. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the Home Audience Committee is actually an, one of the many committees around E3. So when E3 rolled around every year, it was a big to-do. And there was usually one E3 lead. You were E3 lead one year and it was awful. Um, And there was many, many committees under that lead doing specific projects. And um, the Home Audience Committee is one of those sort of E3 committees. And and what that that team did is basically because E3 was concentrated in LA, the committee's job was to like broadcast whatever we were announcing in LA during E3 to everyone else that was watching online. So I headed up that committee twice, I think, um, and worked with like a ton of other teams, including like our online team, our video teams, you know, obviously the social team was very involved in this. Um, But yeah, I, I think that the good thing about E3 is that you do feel like you're making impact because it's such a, it was such like a, all hands on deck kind of event. Um, and it was very short time that you're working on it. It was global. And there was a lot of, I think, respect for 
you know, people's area of expertise. And, and so that was one of the rare times um, that you kind of do feel like you're doing something uh, versus it being like this, you know, bigger, more like unknown project that you were pitching to, you know, the Japan team. So, yes, that, yeah, was, that, that was fun. <laughs> that, one, that one actually was valuable. Yeah. Because at, at a certain point with E3, almost everything we did had a home audience component. component. Yeah. So, like, some people would joke, like, oh, should the home audience lead just be the E3 lead overall? Yeah. Because that's... But you couldn't do that because it would be, like, too much for the E3 lead. No, like, a lot of times, like, I w when I was the lead, like, I would give all the updates to the home audience committee. Or I, would, I would come to one of those meetings, like, here's the latest yeah. on what's happening with E3 and make sure that you know, that information was properly passed along and, right. and they had that in its entirety and they knew what to do with it. Right, right. And the like making plans for it. So if like you told me like, hey, the Nintendo Direct is going to be at this time and it's going to feature these things. Right. The home audience committee would like distill that down and be like, okay, so we need to figure out the broadcasting for that. We need to figure out how to support that with social. We need to figure out what assets we can pull so we can upload to the, mm -hmm. all these different channels. We need to make sure the global teams are aligned with timing, etc. Yeah. So it's a lot of work. That was but, very complex. But it, did, it definitely felt like you were making impact yeah. for sure. Um, there were a lot of other committees though yeah. that were not so useful. Um, I remember there was one, when I moved into the role leading social, there was another one that was like social steering committee or oh, something like that. that. I, I put an end to that. Oh, that <laughs> so was, like, we're not, it was just, that was just a way for like people to poke holes in things. It's like, we, oh. we have enough ways for them to do that. I see. So. Yeah. There was that, also like one that was, um. It was like catch up the leadership team on your stuff, oh, which I yes. didn't like because I'm like you. Y'all should be paying attention to like what was going on right. around you instead of me coming to you like at the end of the week for an hour and basically like regurgitating. Yeah, and yeah. Telling you what I already told you that you should have read your email. Like yeah, we because we were always putting out reports or updates. Yeah. So for people to see what we were doing, but they kept saying like, "Gosh, we just can't keep track. We need a really simple way." So we had to create this whole other meeting, document, document and meeting to walk them through yes. the document. It was like Friday to basically at three like o'clock. Spoon feed. It was infuriating to me. These things like, that we had already communicated multiple other yeah, ways. Yeah, and it, and then they would ask me questions. I'm like, well, if you looked at the deeper report, <laughs> you would find your answer. But since you didn't read that, right. and I had to basically make you like a marketing for dummies PowerPoint <laughs> because you're an idiot, then like it's not my problem anymore. I can't help you. You know, like I, I, and I was cranky at three o'clock on a Friday. So I, I really did yeah. not like that one. There was also um, another one that we both worked on for various games. Like you were the global lead for um, Breath of the Wild. Oh, I would consider that to be different than this. Okay. Then we won't talk about it. Yeah. There you go. Committees. committees. What's this committee called? We don't this have, is a, not we a, don't have a committee. Crisito <laughs> asks... With people being literally mad about the addition of Peachette in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I wondered if it is a normal strategy of Nintendo to troll their fans and thus get them talking with the price of receiving backlash. I mean, they surely know that Peachette is not necessarily the most popular character, right? That was it, though. Put that in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Just kidding. Nintendo is not trolling fans. No. No. They are not. They they don't. No. They don't <laughs> They want, just don't know. They, they don't. <laughs> care enough to troll you is the thing not or they or, or they don't know enough but may, really they don't care enough. but they very earnestly like they they want people to like everything they put out exactly it's not like we'll show you 
Yeah, exactly. They, they earnestly want you to be extremely connected to all of their characters and all of the IP. And they have the earmuffs and the blindfold on when any sort of negativity is around any of the characters, unless it's Bowsette, in which case they got really mad. Um, but yeah, like they, they don't care enough. They just want you to like, they're just going to put out what they put out. You know what I mean? Like they don't, right. they don't care if you like it or not. They just want you to know what it is. So, But intentionally making people mad is like no. a major no-no. No, no, right. no, no, not right. at all, not at all. Yeah, in this case, they probably just figured like, well, enough time's passed. People have moved, moved on, on or changed yeah. their mind about that, but they're going to find out. No, they haven't. Yeah. <laughs> Pikmin Sneezecom asks, Hi, Kit and Krista, I'd like to ask you, do you know if Nintendo considers internally the most optimal length of their video games from production and sales standpoint? I'm curious if Nintendo aims for a certain sweet spot of hours to make sure players move on and buy the next upcoming game. Or do you think Nintendo decides the length of their game simply from the perspective of the most delightful game design possible? Yeah, I, I do think Nintendo is, is one of those companies that 100% puts like the gameplay and the game in front of anything else. Like they're not making a game a particular way because they know that it's going to sell millions of copies. It just does sell millions of copies because it's a good game. Like their priority is right. putting out a good game. And I, I think that's what they're doing to dictate, you know, length and style and, and um, you know, the, the, the scope uh, of a game more so than anything else. Um, the other thing that was very much uh, something that we were dealing with when we were marketing games is that they always have like another game on the horizon. Mm -hmm. Like Nintendo's launch calendar is like so always so full. You don't go like you know a long length of time before you're like already moving on to the next thing. So that window, like in terms of marketing a game, is short. It's like a three-month launch window, basically. Is like is like if you have three months, you're like, oh, thank God, because usually it's even shorter than that before you're on to the next yeah. project. So yeah, there are, there are certainly companies out there like the EAs and Zynga's of the world who are doing like game design via focus group, and they have some yeah data scientists telling them like this is. Do not make the game longer than this yeah. so that we can transition them to the next thing. Right. But yeah, Nintendo's not doing it that way. I think it's it's obviously working well for them. It gives you know them, I think, more of a soul in their products as well. We have talked about the release dates, though, being a very inexact science. And some. I just feel like in general in the industry, release dates people get a lot smarter with. Mm -hmm. Because obviously now we have too many games that people... I see every, every day to. I see more and more people just saying, Uncle, I can't keep up with these. I, <laughs> I'm just giving up on this game that I wanted to play. I know. And but you things, just can't give things that you're fair, you know, the fair shake because yeah. you just don't have the time in your day. Yeah, yeah, but if things were more spread out, then people might have more of a chance to buy all the games that they want. And I saw, you know, mm -hmm. Alan Wake 2 is a digital only game, and they did delay their game specifically because they're like, we're in, a, we're in too crowded a place, but they only delayed it by a week. Yeah. So I don't know how big, how big that's going to impact. I think them. they didn't want to go past Halloween because I think you know it's kind Horror, of a scariest yeah. game. So I think they felt like we got to get it out. Oh, I wanted in, to play that game, but I in the Halloween game. window, but you know, being digital only gives you more flexibility. Mm -hmm. So that's something to keep an eye on as stuff goes more. Yeah, different. yeah. Please help us play all the games. 
Prince Charmless asks, this is a fun one. This one has visuals, so if you've uh, not been following along, you can perk up and look at these visuals here. Pick one of the figures that you would like to be Mario's new power-up. And we have what looks to be what some... What the heck is this? Homemade or bootleg um, Mario transformation yeah. suit figurines. There's of a lot of different kinds. Critters, creatures, and... There's like a sumo Mario there's here. There's a sumo Mario. There's a pig. There's a what looks like a so pick, bug. Pick, pick one or two that you would want to explain. You, you would want to play in a Mario game. Explain what they would do. I'm going to leave the one that I know you're going to pick. I like the walrus. Okay. The walrus is very cute. Yeah. I think that could be like... I guess it could play a little bit similar to the uh, elephant because it does have a weight to it. So you can like blow through stuff. Could swim better. Maybe the swimming would yeah. be very fast. Maybe do you can tusk. do something with your tusk. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And also look how cute he looks. <laughs> it's a walrus. So cute. Um, yeah, that's one. We definitely need, because they refuse, I don't know why, to bring back the frog suit. Yeah. Some sort of a power-up that lets you do things in water. Do you not see the shark? I'm one? getting to that. Okay. Jeez. But... <gasps> So sometimes these water levels just a little slow. Yeah. Like, you're trying to be yeah, flailing, yeah. mashing this button, trying to Got go your somewhere. Little little like butterfly. But a power stroke. up that is designed for water is great. Obviously, there's Shark Mario there. That's great. You just bite people. And swim fast. And swim fast. But I do like the idea of Walrus Mario because Shark Mario out of water is not going to work. Water, you can still that's like. Why, that's why Frog Mario. Were, I mean, you you were very limited, but you could jump high. Yeah. You can Frogs can still get so flail around. I'm saying that's why Walrus Mario oh, is oh, maybe oh. a smarter choice. You can break stuff with your little because you never want to lose your transformation. And just because I finished the level, I exactly. lose it. Exactly. What? Yeah, I don't like that. So I like that. What else do we have here? I like there's the some, cow. There's a number of bugs. I don't think those are cute enough. Though. I don't like bugs. The it's a cow game that we played as. The where's e. the Where's the cow? Right oh, there. right there. Can do he, some utter action. Can he Can he spray a white drink at enemies? The game's words, not ours. It's a Mario cow. He there's no, spray. there's no udder on this Mario. No, but yeah. th there could be a white drink I think that happens anat anatomically. That could be challenging. There could be a white drink. There's a sumo Mario here, which I like, but I, I do want an animal-based transformation. Yeah. So I'm gonna yeah. say no to that. Mm -hmm. What do you think? What do you think that is? What is that? This little it looks like Martian Mario or but something. He's eating a leaf. So it's is that, that like a, another I think kind that's of some bug? Sort of a bug. We have had Bee Mario, and Bee Mario is very cute. Bee Mario is quite cute. I like Bee Mario a lot. What about this chicken? Uh, Could lay an egg. Where's that? Next to the penguin. We already have penguin Mario, so we can't pick that one. I still don't see it. Oh, that's what that is. is that a oh, chicken? I wasn't sure about that. I think it's I'm a chicken. I'm gonna say pig. Where did that go? Again, kind of, kind of like water based. This looks like it's like a shrimp. Oh. This one is that like a shrimp? No, that's like a fly. Crab, crab Oh, here. Mario? Th this is like, yes, you're right. This is a you shrimp. You walk sideways and... Oh, yeah. Do something like that. That's cool. I think that's It good. could be delicious. Uh, oh, wait. There's oh, there's also a ram. Oh, here's my answer. The ram, ram. Ram Mario. So you run really fast. You go boom. Boom. Run into yeah. things. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. This is fun. What are these, though? <laughs> Prince why Charmless, do they exist? Prince Charles, do you own these? And if you do, can you send us some? But why? Topher Schmofer asks... Hey, Kit and Krista, I think you two were at Nintendo during the launch of Tomodachi Life, and I was wondering how did the game fare and what were people's thoughts about it within Nintendo? I remember loving it back in high school, and it seems to have a bit of a cult following now, since Miitopia is similarly chaotic but still managed to make the jump to the Switch. 
Do you think there's hope for a Tomodachi Life revival? Thanks. I've been waiting for a revival. Tomodachi so Life, long. I've just got to say, is a billion times the game that Metopia was. Metopia can suck it. Tomodachi. <laughs> <laughs> Tomodachi Life is where it's at. That is what I'm. That's what I think about. Are you okay? <laughs> that's my honest feelings about that. Okay. Uh, Tomodachi Life was such an incredible game, and yeah. things got weird inside Nintendo when we were working on this game, <laughs> let me tell you. Things got really weird because the game is really weird and yeah. people leaned into that. I was on a call with people oh. from Japan that basically they were showing me uh, photos and screenshots and videos of Ladybeard. Oh yes. Bearded lady, right. whatever. And they were like, do you think America will accept this? Yeah, that's like a musician slash entertainer in Japan. In Japan. And I was like, I think this is awesome. Yeah. Like, I think we should get as weird as possible with this game. But yeah, that was literally a meeting. It, right. it was titled like, Your Reaction to Ladybeard or something like that. I was like, <laughs> okay, um, awesome. But yeah, I think this game was so charming and so zany. We had so much fun playing this game around the office this with everybody. Great. I was hoping and praying for a revival um, or something on Switch. We didn't see it. Yeah, it's I'm puzzling. Bummed. Yeah, because the, I mean, these games were big sellers. Like these were not like yeah. hits or like oddities. Like especially in Japan, like these games sold a lot. It was really, really popular in Japan. So maybe it was just like a really hard line of we're moving away from Mies. Like we're not doing that anymore. They really didn't like the Mies, and I don't know why. But that seems like. But there, then later on, they were like, "No, we're bringing back the Mies." Remember? There are still. I mean, I feel like this franchise still has a lot of life, but it doesn't really work without the Miis. You have to have the So Mies. maybe they need to get over it and just bring they it back. They should just bring back the People love the Miis. I love the Miis. Why are we Why are we going away from the Miis? I don't know. Is it because it rhymed with we? Is that why? You can I just rename know. them. I don't know. I don't know, but they were weird about the Miis for sure. Yeah. Like, there was like, in, within the Switch like life cycle, they were like, we're moving away from the, the Miis. We're not doing those avatars anymore. And then later, like years, like a couple of years before we left, they're like, no, we're bringing back the Miis. And then we had Metopia. We can keep track. It was really dumb. Yeah. Last question is from Zroid. Howdy, Kit and Krista. I quite enjoy collecting Amiibo and have mm. done so since their inception. However, over the years, I have noticed a couple different strands of commentary about Amiibo, which it seems to me are in conflict with one another. On one side, you have Amiibo fans who are continually dismayed by how these figures, whose very premise involves unlocking content in games, often do very little or nothing at all. And on the other side, you have folks who perceive Amiibo as frivolous physical DLC, and any content which is tied to them should be free to all, or at the very least, available without having to purchase tangible items with limited availability. I frequently see these two lines of thought concurrently and wonder how Nintendo can possibly manage to navigate this PR nightmare, which they cannot possibly win. Is striking the balance between Amiibo doing too little or too much something that you had ever discussed when marketing them and their associated software? What do you think is the optimal solution? Well, the an Nintendo's answer to the PR nightmare was simply to not care. <laughs> which is their answer to most <laughs> PR nightmares. I think the thing about with Amiibo is that the the timing of their launch and and sort of the reason why they launched was was really um, a bit in a, in a vacuum I think because at the time Wii U was not doing very well. Well, they were Smash Brothers products. They were also tied to Smash, but also they were like, what else can we do to like make extra money? 
You yes, know? very much. So it was very much sort of this like almost a st- stopgap kind of thing. You know, Nintendo has a history with toys and things like that as well. This is when Toys to Life was very popular. So it's 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 happening. The launch and and the the you know conception of this happened in this like moment in time, and then the with the moment passed, <laughs> and so we're like in a different uh, moment in time now. And I think that's why. It's becoming a little bit confusing because before it was very much like these will enhance your game. You can do all this stuff in Smash, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Now it's like these are neat little figures that you can get Um, because we've, again, we've passed that like toys to life, like moment in time. So I think that's really what happened with Amiibo. And I'm still, I'm still glad that they have like Amiibo coming out still like so cool that there's Tears of the Kingdom Amiibo. Um, I like them too. I've never really used them in my games because I just like to have the physical thing as like a collector's item. Um, so I don't really care about like that side of it. And I wonder how many people actually do care about that side of it now and more so just want to collect it as a figure. So I think they trapped themselves in a problem that they created with this whole stock situation yeah. where it's like, well, we can't do too much that's essential with these because we can't make enough. And then be like, well, who could who could possibly make more? Maybe you. <laughs> <laughs> who else is going to do it? And they didn't want to. So because there were so many, and there was this terror of like one of these is not going to sell. We're going to yeah. be stuck with, and that's what happened it with happened those Animal Crossing. With the Animal Crossing amiibo. We, we were trying give to sell those, those for years. So I still never feel like there was like the one killer usage of amiibo that yeah. i think we deserved i think that's still out there honestly um, is it though I or think are so. we done with this no i think if we really task like again the great game developers at nintendo of like don't don't worry about like, just what is your coolest idea of using an amiibo oh okay i think they come up with some great stuff and i really loved the connection it's not amiibo but you know with skylanders i loved that Obviously, that whole market just burnt itself it burned out, itself unfortunately. Dead. But yeah, I hope these stick around. I hope they keep thinking of new ways to use them because, again, I think there's a big idea out there that has not yet been attempted. And the stock issues, if they can, and it seems like they are, they slow down how many you release. Yeah. I think you can solve that problem. And now they don't have to release that many. Yeah, because it's not like, oh, we have a new wave of a dozen Smash characters. Exactly. You don't need 70, whatever, eight. Smash Amiibo anymore. Right, right. I need, I need to print all for all seven Terry Bogard fans in the world. They need to be <laughs> satisfied. Don't talk about that with me. I don't like that. What? I don't like Terry Bogard. I was, well, then you're not getting one of these eight. Because I had to, I was stressed. Oh, because of the leak. Uh, I shouldn't Stop have it. said that name. Uh-oh. Triggered. But that is my answer. Yes. And those are all of our questions. Wow. Great questions. Glad to be back to like more questions than two. Yeah. Now that we're back. Now that we can person. do more. Yeah. Uh, all right. Should we move on to shouting out our beautiful, wonderful superstars and One Up Club members? We shall. And now we're back to doing it one at a time. I know. It's great. I'll start. Aaron Hash. Ben Eichhorn. Maru Mayhem. Eigenverse. Kiss My Flapjack. Mike Chin. Roy Eschke. Switching it up. Oh, no. Something's on. VGM Life. Link, the hero of Prince. Angela Bycroft and her pig Molly. Thomas O'Rourke. Kyle LaBeouf. Roberto Nevis. Frederick Wolf Conradson. 
Andrew Hughes, Chili, Bruce Dash, and Rain Tech. Whoop, whoop. Excellent. One Up Club. You go first. Oh boy, what's the occasion? A Ron Burgundy. Ali Alejandro. Astro Dev. Awesome. 46. Bad Moon Horizon. Ben GB. Blue Yellow Gray. Bookum Dano. Bookishly Fab. Brooke Obscura. Brookie Kazooie. Chelly Squirrel. Christopher Lay. Captain Alex. Crim Cat. Sea Roper 17. Doxa. Doinko. Dolce. Dino Punch. Elite Peach. Esparts 50. Fart Priest 69. Furband. Fernie and Jess Forever. Fox Deploy. Frulia. Garrett Hallfish. Garth the Wolf. Gartooth. G Sun 101. Heroic. Iris Marin. Jay Rando. Jabroni Jones. Jeffrey Hernandez. Jerry 92602. Jesse Hernandez. John Responte. Jonathan Rowe. Jordan Collette. Jordan Hemmerly. Joshua Clements. Juju Fruit. Just Camtro. Justin Leminger. Kawa 2796. Keith Kwan. Kevin Delane. Kilo Kibo. Cristorati Kid. Christopia Party With Me. Kyle Gamer Barry Rookie. Kyle Kretzer. Linnell Stickman. Lit. Luminous. Mad Dog 5981. Magnificent Easy G and Callie Marie. Marky Man 64. Mecha Dragon 101. Megan. Michael Cravens. Mikey. Motomania. Mr. Andy Pond. Mr. Beans and Dip. MSN Poke Gamer. My Tramp. Nameless Hero. Nasir. Nathan Burkhart. Nick E. Uh, Ninja 11. Panda Buns. Pangy. Paul C. Pace. Paul Gale Network. Prime Factor. Prince Charmless. Reaver. Riot One. Rob Osborne. Rocks. Rianetta. Sharif Jackson. Sheer Cold Vanilla. Shinryu. Slowbro. Silly Ferret. Snazzle. Spicy Munchkin. Steel Citron. Sunny Kaduru. Terra Storm. The Shark Among Men. Thomas Alvarez. Three Rivers. Topher Schmofer. Travis Torline. Tugs Puppy Bear. Tusk Oob. Tyler Geis. Fezzes. Video Game Stupid. Viridian. Virtual Bot. Weeb Kingdom. WG Grizzy. Wicked Davy. Will Johnson. Zudoverf. Zelgarov. Zapati. And Zroid. I made you go first because I wanted to say Doinko. <laughs> <laughs> the thirst to say Doinko is so real. It's so strong. Um, yay. We made it to the end of another wonderful podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Kit and Krista for all sorts of cool benefits. If you're watching on video, you can go ahead and subscribe to our channel. Give this video a thumbs up and also leave us a comment. If you're listening on audio, you can also subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and a written review, please. And the socials. We are Kit and Krista on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, and Threads. That's right. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.